This is Wade's World, where we talk to the most interesting people in the world on KABF 88.3, the voice of the people. You want to see how the other half lives? You want to see how we get around? Why don't you come visit me? This is Wade Rathke, and you're listening to Wade's World, a Voice of the People program. Welcome to the east side of town so that we can talk about how the other half lives and what life is like here living in Wade's World, whether that's the east side of Little Rock, Greenville, or New Orleans, or on Acorn Radio in Nairobi, Bengaluru, Bristol, or Bombay, points east and west where we are either rebroadcast or live-streamed at kbf.org, wamf.org, or acornradio.org. A podcast will be available this show on those websites and at www.chieforganizer.org. You know the story on Wage World. We talk to the most interesting people in the world, and today we're talking to Bjorn Sodquist, who has uh, been the inspiration behind a very interesting campaign called Ban Tear Gas. Welcome to Wage World, Bjorn. Hey. Thanks, Wade. Uh, thanks for having me. Well, it's been a pleasure. I know we've talked a couple of times. So it was just inevitable I was going to get you on the show. But <laughs> ban tear gas, what led you to this? Uh, although it's probably pretty obvious to some people. Uh, I didn't mention that you're in Minnesota as well. So tell us how you got uh, this thing going. Yeah, well, uh, you know, this has been a, a really heartbreaking summer in some respects, Uh you know, we're in some respects ground zero here in Minnesota. That's uh, where a lot of the the unrest started. Uh, George Floyd uh, was killed, murdered. However, however people view it, uh, it made my blood boil uh, when the first uh, reports came out. And then to watch the the video and to hear him, you know, pleading uh, for his life, for his breath, and to have people sitting there watching, saying, "Hey." what is going on here? You've got to stop this. You're going to kill the guy. And that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, I, it made my blood boil. And then to watch people start to protest and be literally beaten back, gassed, uh, pushed aside. Um, you know, I understand that there was rioting, but since that event has happened, uh, we've had a lot of peaceful protests that have gotten ugly because of really overzealous use of force and gas. And uh, you see these videos from New York where they've got the police cruisers actually, you know, engaging in drive and driving into people. I mean, there's some pretty ridiculous stuff that's going on out there. And, you can't sit here and just watch this stuff happen and think this is okay. It's not okay. <laughs> right. So, um, you know, I, I've been disengaged uh, politically for a while, but I felt like I had to do something. And I went looking for banned tear gas on Facebook or somebody that was saying something about it. And there really wasn't. So I thought, you know, what the hell? I'm going to do this. Why not and me? Why not? You know, this time exactly. around, it looks like I'm first to the punch. So let's get on this and do it. So when did you set up the Facebook site? How long ago was that? Um, I, I feel like I took my first uh, stab at it uh, early June as a kind of like a groups page. And then I changed the, the format. Facebook is 
like so many of these technology sites, there's a million options, and sometimes you can do the things you want, sometimes you couldn't. So I think we got started in earnest about the 25th through the 26th of June. So we're really talking now about less than three months ago. That's right. That's right. And the growth, I know we've talked a couple of times, the growth has been fairly phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we went, uh, we were at about 9,000 people at the beginning of, beginning of, um, of August. And I thought, you know what, let's, let's just do a challenge. So we started, uh, we put up a, a drive to 25, kind of a, kind of a, a page splash and started sharing this meme, you know, hey, let's grow our numbers, strengthen numbers, let's see what happens uh, if we share the heck out of this. And through sharing through uh, some advertising, through just getting the word out and posting, and I'm, I'm sad to report that there's so much news about tear gas that we have to have this page that posts two and three times a day. But through that activity, we've grown to just over 24,000. So we missed our mark, but we darn near tripled anyway. <laughs> well, it's still fairly amazing. Now, a lot of people don't understand some of how this works. When you say some advertising, you're talking about, uh, I, I know anybody on Facebook probably sees support or, you know, increase this post, but uh, yeah. that's what you're talking about. How does that work? Well, you can you can boost a post or you can take a, a a meme or a picture or even a story and you can you can uh you can set a budget for it just like the old days. I mean you and I have been around long enough where if you wanted to take an ad out, you used to go down to, you know, the newspaper. Yeah, remember when we had newspapers. Yeah, well <laughs> that's a long time ago and a gap far away. Um but you would <laughs> You would, uh, you know, take your ad in and you'd say, this is, you know, I want it to run this many times and this is, this is how I want to, this is how I want to uh, put it out there. And then they'd put your ad in the paper and people would respond. It's, it's just virtual now, I guess. <laughs> so you took a little of those things that said boost your post and got some response. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think what's going on here is that it's a, it's just a raw visceral response um people uh especially some of the first ads before i i got a little better at figuring out who i wanted to talk to um when it was just general population it was either this is so wrong this is ugly or um you know again sadly hey they're animals and they deserve it you know they're burning our cities down and it's like wait a minute you know, what What part don't you get? You know, people that are expressing their First Amendment right are not rioters. You know, people that want to go out and say, you know, killing people is wrong. We should be better as a society. Shouldn't be gassed. Um, again, you know, old enough to remember uh, the first Iraq war, uh, which I was against. I was against the second Iraq war. But... <laughs> One of the arguments for America getting into that war was Saddam Hussein, you know, he's just evil. He gasses his own people. You know, that's exactly right. I'd forgotten about that. But that was, uh, that was one of the big talking points during the Bush administration, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got to go. He's, he's a horrible humanitarian for what he does to his own people. And here we are 
Gassner. Doing it for our own people. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, your Facebook site uh, also talks about rubber bullets and things like that. So, uh, yeah. Well, we, you know, so even even before the Facebook page, I think there was a, a change.org petition. And the, the that petition, um, you know, I felt that we shouldn't be we shouldn't be shooting at people with these projectiles. We shouldn't be, um, you know, we shouldn't be pepper spraying people. Uh, and there's just, I mean, again, there's so many sad uh, posts. A uh, young man with both hands up, police officer reaches up, pulls his mask down, and, and pepper sprays him in the face. A uh, young woman walking back from getting groceries becomes, you know, collateral and gets shot in the forehead and is just bleeding profusely from her forehead. Um, you know, she's she's not even participating in any protests. Uh, you had the the gentleman out in Buffalo that got shoved down. I mean, he didn't even he didn't even get shot or sprayed or anything like that. But you know. You've got all of this going on, and then also it seems like journalists are being targeted. Get out, you know, they've got their press passes. Um, they're being targeted. So not only are we telling people essentially, go home, don't, and you know, exercise your freedom of speech. We're also telling journalists, you get out of the the sphere here. We're going to control this, and we're going to tell the story. And that's also wrong. The press needs to be given access to see what's happening so that they can tell the real story, not the made up story. Because as we found out, you know, in Buffalo, um, the press release often doesn't match the video footage from the cell phone. No, we're finding that over and over. We're talking to Bjorn Skogquist who had an idea, uh, blood boiled, and he set up a Facebook page uh, called Ban Tear Gas, which has become very strong and popular here recently. Uh, it's up to 24,000 likes. But what you've become is sort of a forum in some cases for monitoring what's happening around the country. As you say, you're posting two or three times or having some help or luckily uh, getting some posts up. Yep. What do you see happening in the country? Where are you encouraged that they're really taking steps here? Well, it seems, uh, it seems that some of the more progressive cities are starting to ban tear gas. Uh, we see cities out in the Northwest, a couple of California cities. Um, I think uh, so Portland, uh, Olympia. Uh, we've got, I think Berkeley is another one. Uh, Madison is talking about it. Your hometown, uh, NOLA, New Orleans, uh, Louisiana, uh, just put in a, what seems like a pretty strict ban. Uh, hopefully the police will... Hopefully the police will observe that and and uh, that will that will you know rein the use of that in in your hometown. Um, other cities have have walked up to it. Other states there have been a couple of bills that have been presented uh, in subcommittees across the union. Uh, federally, there's a, a bill that's been presented. Um, I don't have a lot of hope for the federal bill, but I think a lot of the cities. Uh, especially the ones that are right on the edge, are great candidates for uh, some support and encouragement. Now, you're in Minnesota. You're in, uh, uh, as I know from our previous conversations, you're about 15 minutes, 18 miles, something like that, from Minneapolis. 
What's happening there, sort of at the the sharp edge of this? Did the I know there have been different discussions about what the legislature in Minnesota did or did not do, what the city councils are doing. Where does it stand there now? Yeah, what what's going on in Minnesota is uh, first of all, if you look at the enabling legislation, the state enables cities uh, to be the ones to decide whether or not they're going to use these. Uh, use the tear gas in in uh, application or practice uh so in minnesota it will be uh it will be a game of either getting the legislature to change the law or restrict the law back or start to get individual cities uh to do it um minneapolis is uh it's hard to tell what's happening in minneapolis right now they I mean, they were going to defund the police up until a certain point, and then now it seems like that that push is is back. Um, you know, so the the question is where where do you start in Minnesota? Um, and having lived here my whole life, it's a little bit more conservative of a place than than you would think. Um, we always vote you know, Democrat for for president, but uh, socially and just how we how we change policy here is really tedious and, and slow. So the, the, the progress I think is probably going to become at the local level, the city level here too, but it's possible. It's possible with a shift in the legislature this fall that there could be new legislation to ban this stuff uh, as early as next spring with a supportive legislature. Sure. And, you know, I appreciate what you say about Minnesota, but for a little hot minute, they were running things saying that it might be a battleground state almost in the coming election. So, uh, you know, it's it's uh, that also is sad. But I think I think the focus you know, we focused for so long on presidential politics that we forgot 101 um, conservatives are doing great at all levels. Um Liberals have forgotten to campaign for county board and city council and mayor, and uh, they focus on state and governor and president. And uh, you know, you got to take care of the farm team. You know, you, you've got to elect people at the at the local level because they're the feeders for for the the higher up you know offices. So. Sorry, a little bit of a tangent there, I guess. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, it's uh, very true that when we start, um, I mean, one of the problems in politics right now, and it's going to be an issue in this banned tear gas campaign, too, is how national politics are leaching down into the local level. But um, we hadn't really said this, but you were a mayor of a, of a suburban town in Minneapolis, just like your former governor, uh, Jesse the Wrestler. <laughs> well, I I never had quite as much flair as uh, Jesse the Body. Uh, <laughs> nobody could ever nobody could ever uh, quite beat him. Uh, I, I never wore a feather boa, and I didn't ride a motorcycle into my inauguration uh, ceremony. Uh, so <laughs> he's uh, he's uh, always going to be number one, I think, uh, in that department. Well, and he yeah. can have that department, can't he? Yeah, I suppose so. I suppose so. There's, <laughs> That's exactly there's really, right. Maybe there's only room for one uh, one Jesse Ventura. You know? Exactly. Jesse Ventura. There's, a, there's one we forget, but that's 
that says something about the eclectic politics of Minnesota right there. When I mean, he was a Republican. He was definitely a wild hare. Um, but going back to uh, the tear gas campaign, um, so that's some sober thoughts about it. And, and it's been funny because over the last three months, we've seen polls and the reaction from local officials, state officials, even national officials bounce back and up and down like a yo-yo about this very issue of police tactics, um, Mm -hmm. where initially there was, I mean, even President Trump was uh, somewhat horrified in his early comments about uh, what happened to George Floyd. But obviously now he's a big booster that the police should have untrammeled uh, ability and put federal people into Portland and this, that and the other. Are the police really being retarded because of all of these protests? Or, I mean, it seems like they're almost, you know, lighting their own fire to be even more aggressive rather than taking a lesson from what's really happening. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think there's a couple there's a couple things you know that are happening. In my opinion, uh, if you're not at the ground level, if you're not you know right at the protest, if you if you dial back from it. Um, America, as a nation, has made so many wrong turns over this last generation. I mean, really, you know, my lifetime, uh, you know, I was born in 78, just read a, an article, a paper that the Rand Corporation uh, put out about how real income, uh, real wage growth has stagnated uh, by as much as half in the last generation. So just to put to some you know numbers to that, since 1975, $50 trillion of wages have gone from the working class, the bottom 90%, to the top 1%. And yeah. before, before people get into, you know, well, it, you know, if we would pay people more, uh, then jobs will go overseas. No, the wages, the piece of the pie has grown with GDP. It's just how much of that pie is going to regular working people is half. If you make $50,000 today, you should be making $100,000, at least on the trajectory that we were at from the 50s through the 70s. But you've got this, you've got this population that's struggling. They went into debt like crazy during the housing crisis in 08. People aren't working right now. They're freaking out. And I think everyone's kind of on pins and needles about some of these social unrest issues. So to then take and and piss off half the population and sort of deny these these basic grievances, I mean, that's what this is. This is a giant nationwide grievance against what is happening and i think the 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 racial black lives matter piece is real but i think it's it's also being uh fanned by some of these other income inequality and social issues that are happening and uh you know to have police out there not looking like peace officers but to look like occupying forces uh gassing people uh, shooting them with rubber bullets. Uh, here in Minneapolis, there were some people that were sitting on their porch during a, 
the riot curfews, and they were yelled at by National Guardsmen to go inside, and when they didn't go inside, which they didn't have to by the order, they just needed to be in their property, uh, they shot smoke canisters at them, shot one lady in the leg um, from the street while she was sitting on her porch. This doesn't make law enforcement look peace officers. It makes them well. Look it like has nothing police. to do with peace, does it? We're talking to Bjorn Skogquist uh, about his campaign uh, with a lot of support from a lot of other people. Ban tear gas. So, Bjorn, do you see uh, any police departments that have uh, seemed to learn from this? Because I know a month or two ago there were one or two that seemed to be joining. Uh, uh, where police officers were sympathetic to the Black Lives Matter protest, and there were several police officer, or police chiefs that came out and uh, seemed to be supportive. Are you seeing any of that anymore? Um, you know, I, I think the the media is a bit uh, a bit one sided, so it's easier to it's easier for the media to report on incidents. Uh, you know, the internet is is uh clickbait driven we we want um not we want but advertisers and and such want people to click on things and that drives a different news cycle than we saw you know 20 25 years ago where there was more reporting so unfortunately i don't think that the good stories are being reported on as much but i do believe that that's out there and i think that one of the things that needs to happen is we need to start catching people doing something right, catching people doing good behavior. So hopefully there's room for that going forward uh, to show the contrast. Bjorn, where is this campaign going next? Uh, if you look at the next uh, three, four months or even six months or a year, where do you see banned tear gas? Well, uh, short of short of some miraculous national ban that comes down, you know, quickly, I think that our goal here is to pick five to ten cities in the United States where we build some capacity and we build some vocabulary for people that believe in this cause to walk through the doors of City Hall and to meet with their mayor or their council member or their police chief or whomever will give them an audience and say, we, the citizens of this city, we, the taxpayers of this city, do not believe ethically that this is how we should treat our citizens. There's and do you have in mind some of the cities uh, from your sort of monitoring this that you think are most likely to be in that five or six? Yeah, I think we've got a, a strong group in Sacramento right now that is ready to, that is ready to, move in that direction with a little bit of training. I think Minneapolis is easy because uh, I'm here and I have a lot of connections. So that's not Minneapolis proper, but the Minneapolis area, we will find and pick a city or two here. Uh, but then there's other cities that are starting to, to bubble up. Uh, Nashville Metro Council had a resolution that passed a first reading but didn't seem to quite have enough votes for a second reading. So I think, you know, there's a candidate there. Uh, Asheville, uh, North Carolina, seems like uh, that could be a good place. Madison, Wisconsin is is considering a ban. 
So I think anywhere that a committee or a council or a, an elected official has already said, hey, we should really look at this, let's, let's give this a try, I think those cities are the ones where we would like to start, just because it seems like there's some reception already. Certainly, Asheville, Madison, Austin, Berkeley, uh, those kinds of cities are, you know, classically well-known. Cambridge, Massachusetts uh, would be another one as places that progressive uh, legislation at the city ordinance level almost invariably get started. So those, but uh, a Nashville would really be a coup, um, wouldn't it? Uh, because that's yeah. obviously in a more conservative state and um it is sort of interesting uh, as as a place where we're hearing some activity. Um, Minneapolis itself, Sacramento, uh, mm-hmm. certainly something happened in California. Sacramento would be a leading edge there, wouldn't it? It would. It would. And I think that's where we need to start is we just need to show people that, you know, we can do this. We don't need this. We don't need this weapon. We don't need this in our country. And really, if we dial it back and we look at what are people grieving, what are they, what are they saying here, uh, there's a lot of legitimate arguments uh, that we as a society could be addressing rather than just, you know, gassing people and telling them to go home. So in the pushback on this from the police and their supporters, uh, there's an argument that you know you and I have talked about this previously, where they're saying, "Okay, what do we do for crowd control? What happens when crowds are getting out of hand, or there is potentially, uh, you know, destructive activity of people's lives and property? What are crowd control methodologies that would replace tear gas and pepper spray and rubber bullets?" What are, what are what are we with this campaign responding? How are we responding to that? Yeah, so let's let's just take a let's just take a piece at a time. Uh, sure. Rubber bullets. Uh, what what they're designed to do is they're designed to halt an individual. You know, we're supposed to fire these things into a crowd and bruise them. Uh, you know pushback, whatever, Uh, you know, people are getting really hurt by these things. So it's, I think rubber bullets is an easy one to say. Um, If if you have a problem with one individual, why are we, why are we shooting them at range with the rubber bullet? Good point. There's no, I I think you, you can look at that one and say, that's the least effective way to deal with an individual. Um, you know, the sprays. Uh, are we are we are we having problem with a whole crowd? Or are we having problems with, again, you know, a couple of people? And if the force isn't there to manage the crowd, um, you know, then let's call in the national guard, because you know, really, order. If the government can't have order, if something's that out of control where people are starting to burn buildings, and that's what we saw in Minneapolis, uh, they just reacted wrongly. They should have, they should have gotten down there and, and had a force that said, okay, now it really is time to go home. This isn't, what's going on here is burning, looting, and a problem. That's a riot. 
And now you handle that differently than um, how you address a crowd. And, you know, if a crowd is being unruly, most of these instances I've, I've seen where um, police have been able to handle uh, folks pretty well. Um, there was a, a like a, a mass arrest in Minneapolis for curfew violation, which that's another, you know, don't get me started on that. That's another half an hour. But um, <laughs> they, they basically corralled, you know, they understood the geography of a the street. They corralled several hundred people into a, a three-sided parking lot, and then they just brought buses along, and they they arrested people. They didn't need tear gas. They didn't shoot anybody. Uh, they just, you know... I got you. You are in the best crowd control I've ever seen is horses. Uh, You know, when we were doing demonstrations and horses in New York and Philadelphia, uh, they they can handle a crowd. Before we leave this show, I want you to tell people how they can like your Facebook page and uh, how they can show some support if they want to send some donations or whatever to the campaign. Yeah, well, uh, right now, the best way, if you're on Facebook, get to ban tear gas three words just ban tear gas you'll find us and you can like our page this is uh, a month where we're transitioning from just a kind of a virtual presence down out of the ether into uh more more of an organization so you should see a website soon uh we're looking at our structure and how we would accept donations so we're not doing that just yet if you like our page, we'll announce that here in the coming weeks as we start to roll out our sites, our plans, our model ordinances, that type of thing. So if you're interested in getting involved, like the page and follow us, and you'll learn more as we as we move forward. Certainly, we're going to be uh, keeping up with uh, Bjorn and the band Tear Gas campaign. So if people have other questions, reach out for us on the radio or in the usual ways. This has been Wade's World for another week, the world where the other half lives, where we talk about things you've never heard. And as Lucinda Williams sang, things you've never seen and will never forget. Wade's World is underwritten by the Darrell Foundation, a progressive force enabling change, based in Little Rock, Arkansas. And as the song goes, we say it loud, we say it on the air, we say it on the radio. Until next week when we'll have another guest, this is Wade Ransky from Wade's World. Thank you.